Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Two Cyber Chicks podcast. You're about to join Erica and Jax for an inclusive cybersecurity conversation designed to educate and break the stereotypes of cybersecurity professionals while providing life hacks on how to handle burnout, networking, and goal setting. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. Dr. Wendy, thanks for coming on the show. Jax, I've been telling you about Dr. Wendy and Jeep for a while now. She's a principal cloud security architect and a well-established thought leader in the cybersecurity space. Her background is in infrastructure, cloud security, and her experiences have ranged from aerospace, healthcare, financial services, telecommunications, transport logistics, and national infrastructure. Dr. Wendy, we are so excited you were able to join us today. To kick things off, would you please share your background with our listeners? Sure. Thank you, Erica, for the introduction. It's great to be on the show. So my background is quite eclectic. I actually started off a life as a academic, so in genetics, in fact. So I did undergraduate in genetics, and then I moved on to a PhD in medical genetics, looking at complex diseases, which involved a lot of, leaned a lot of data analytics and sort of statistical methodologies in, you know, to try and get insights from data. I suppose it probably known as big data in more recent times at that time. It was just statistical analysis. So after that, unfortunately, my sort of biology didn't actually agree with the experiments. So I developed bad eczema as part of the process. You didn't really do that much experiment before the your doctorate. So I had to do a pivot, moved into infrastructure, started my commercial career with uh, Cisco. I'm very much a geek at heart. So yeah, I went into technical consulting. And during that process, I sort of realized once I got into that field, I realized, wait a minute, everything's connected and protocols were not designed to be secure. You know, they were designed to sort of allow people to communicate. Cybersecurity is going to be a fantastically interesting field. Plus, I sort of saw the, I think a, a lot of the analytics side of it was very similar to sort of my background, some of the statistical methods I used. So it's uh, moved into very eclectic background. Yeah, Dr. Wendy, wow. I was over here typing out the notes (laughs) while you were talking. I was like, oh my gosh, she was like, you were in genetics, medical genetics, which I have a very limited understanding of that space just through my graduate program and understanding the technology around the medical genetics and big data. And then you went from genetics to Cisco. And then then you went into technical consulting. And today you're a principal cloud security architect. What does your day-to-day look like? You seem like you have a very analytical mind. So you like that, that part of it. But what does your day-to-day look like as a principal cloud security architect? So my role is effectively a cloud security advisor for the organization. So, you know, most, whether it's private cloud, which is, you know, networking or, you know, the public cloud, which is multi-tenanted networks for, you know, the AWS, Azure, Google, you know, it's what's sort of classified as cloud technologies. So my role is, you know, for the operations, for the technical designs, my role is look at those and advise the organization on, you know, possible risks that we may have, identify them and how we can remediate those. Now, it's very much, I like to think that I try to be sort of the 
we're not there to say, no, you can't do this, right? Which is, I think, some of the kind of past cultures for in cybersecurity sort of materializes it. We try to go to the business and speak to them and engage with them, you know, as early as possible in the product development so that, you know, we're not going to come to some nasty surprise at the end or something that's unexpected. So we want to work with the team as soon as we can from the inception of product design to the, you know, throughout the whole operational system until the product's retired. So is predominantly an advisory role. Yes, you're with the product. It sounds like you're with the product lifecycle from the start to the end of it, correct? It's, yes. I mean, we, you know, we're not, unless you're a actual cybersecurity company, obviously you're not necessarily revenue generating. So we do try to be as present as much as possible, but, you know, you probably can see from, you know, there's going to be limited, you know, cybersecurity. There's always a sort of shortage of professionals and there's, it's difficult to find them in the market. So you do drag into different places, into different programs, but it's good. It's, it makes a day very interesting. So, you know, one day I can be looking at satellites, you know, the other day I can be looking at, you know, OSS systems. So it's um, that definitely variety. So in your day-to-day, do you work autonomously? So it's mostly you doing your day-to-day operations, or do you have a team to support you as you do it? So I do work in a team, and I do have people who support me in the looking at reviewing products, designs. There's actually another team who is more predominantly involved in operations as well, and I we work quite closely with them, as well as the legal and compliance team because obviously we we work in different jurisdictions and we need to be aware of we need to know of what laws and regulations we might be subjected to so it's a very communal and collaborative environment and it has to be because we don't want to be a situation whereby you know somebody would just go in and say look you can't deploy this solution you know because we feel there's too you know there's a risk well okay there's a risk well what can we do to mitigate the risk because this is something that business needs. So, you know, we're, we're there to support the organization. We're not there to say, you know, you can't do what, what you need to do to to maintain the operations and to sort of grow the organization. Dr. Wendy, you have a vast experience in consulting. You've worked for some of the industry's largest high-profile firms, organizations. What have been some of the key takeaways in your career thus far that you've been able to take some learnings or experiences that have shaped who you are today and the role that you do today? So I think the, yeah, the consulting experience is fantastic because it's great if you're sort of quite nerdy or geeky because, you know, you literally oftentimes just get thrown into a project. You know, it's like you get told, like, here's your new client. This is the issue. Go and run with it. So it's a good, it's actually quite a good preparation for sort of preparing you to handle the unexpected, which, you know, <laughs> the pandemic showed us any time. The other thing I think the, because I've sort of worked in those fairly top tier consultancies, I think I had probably been fortunate enough to have been exposed to some of the programs and projects that might not have happened if I, you know, if I wasn't there, you know, I was, you know, I was there to help Musk when they had the ransomware to rebuild the um, rebuild their private cloud um, um, system. And I think that is a, it's a privilege to sort of be immersed in that and look at and sort of get exposure and be 
actually make a difference to an organization. And it's not just, oh, helping them to sort of increase their revenue or the, you know, decrease the expenditure. It's really, it is a matter of whether this organization survives going forward. So I think the, the ability to sort of see how your contribution can make a difference to organizations. I think one of the things that I, I do, I have been writing blogs since 2016. And the, the one of the reasons why it sort of motivated me to doing that is so many, I see so many clients where they, they were effectively facing very similar issues. You know, they were getting, you know, consultancy expertise in and they effectively dealt with dealing with very similar issues. And I just felt that, you know, as since um, I get exposure to, you know, to the industry and since I know some of the issues, let's just try and share it with the community. So those blogs sort of led to, uh, led to sort of presentations and, you know, other opportunities to share with the community. I think that's probably the most satisfying aspect of my background and role. I love this. The depth and brevity of what you are providing and the knowledge base that you have in this space is so remarkable. I mean, you have a PhD in medical genetics and you also on top of that hold numerous certifications alone, just the PhD alone is a feat in itself. So what, explain to us, Dr. Wendy, where do you get the motivation and the drive to not only get your PhD, but to get these certifications? So the PhD, I have to say, so I had all my education in the UK and we have a pretty kind of rapid, let's put it, pretty accelerated. You know, our degrees are three years and pretty rapid education system. The PhD was partly parental influence, I have to say. I'm not proud to say this, but um, I have to say, you know, my, my dad is the medic and he was like, well, you know, I don't, three-year degree is not going to cut it for me, right? <laughs> you need to be more educated. And I was like, well, why not? And I think I was very fortunate to have got full funding for it. And, you know, to be honest, I think, you know, I was probably a little bit immature for my age at that point. So I well carry on and just, you know, allow my sort of temperament and personality to develop a bit more before I jump into to jump into the role. And having said that, though, I did choose my degree because I'm interested in it. I, you know, it was when I was in high school, it was the sort of in biology it was the module that I, I found the easiest and most intuitive. And I, I generally, you know, I'm still keeping up with the, you know, in the the medical genetics and sort of biological field. But yeah, I know it's just the opportunity arose. Well, partly parental expectation, the opportunity arose. Why not? I think that's super cool. I love that you have a PhD in medical. That's so cool. (laughs) So I uh, wanted to ask, I mean, you're obviously known in the industry as a thought leader. I see education is super valuable and important to you, not only for your own personal self, but like also to giving back to the community. And we see that through your published articles, through your speaking engagements. I'm just curious, as our listeners are thinking about exploring maybe getting published or speaking opportunities, do you have any advice? Think about, you know, when you were getting started and just starting to speak for the first time, or maybe the first few articles you were able to contribute in. Is there any advice that you could share on how to get started? So how to get started or continuing, because it sort of started literally just go for it. I think, you know, if you feel I moved into cybersecurity partly because I see a lot of similarity with my sort of background in medical genetics, especially the the sort of area of medical genetics, which use a lot of analytics. So I was, you know, 
already primed as it were so I was certainly interested in sort of shit you know this is a topic it's you know I'm not in it just so that I I have a roof over my head you know I'm in it because I feel quite passionate about it so I think because of that I think I sort of it's more it's easier for me to just sort of say you know choose you know start sharing it sharing those experiences um, but for somebody who's starting out for you know someone in you know early career early audience I think there's you know, if you look at what you do and look at your experiences, find something that you feel passionate about and share that experience with the community and just do it. Like the first, you're going to have, you know, maybe doubts the first few blogs or, you know, the first few panels, you'd be like, oh, you know, did I say the right thing? But, you know, just like literally do it. There's nothing beats just kind of going out and doing it. Once you started doing that, I think you start to get to, you get more confident in it. But there's also something to be said about continuing it. So not just, you know, do it and sort of say, oh, you know, I'm comfortable and then stop. I think, you know, it is a sort of, I mean, for me, it's, it's quite, it's kind of, kind of quite therapeutic in a way to sort of, you know, it's got to a point where I think of it almost as, you know, not, it won't be brushing your teeth, but, you know, it's almost a bit like that, you know, okay, the, you know, it's, it's another month, I need to, you know. Yeah, it's part of your routine. Part of my, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's part of, part of the routine. So, but if you're just starting out, find something that you feel strong strongly about and just write it and it'll come out because if you you know if you're just trying to write something or present something that you don't really feel passionate about it shows unfortunately yeah i think that's super fair i think that's great advice it will show if you're not super passionate about it and the and the easiest way to get comfortable is through repetition and like you said if it's something that you're genuinely interested and passionate about it'll just flow So I think that's great advice. And for let's think back to your first few, you know, published blogs, articles, or maybe even speaking engagements. Do you have any advice for people that are actively seeking them? So think about, you know, somebody starting out in the field that wants to be a thought leader, but they haven't had the opportunity. So they're maybe having to go and seek them out. Did you ever have to do that? Do you have any advice? So I started, I mean, the thing, the sort of thing with sort of social media is there's so many outlets right so I didn't when I started writing and I still do you know it's partly because it's you know I don't have to I've written for companies before you know there's certain (laughs) sort of the legal might (laughs) might have to go through your content and sort of say you know you can and can't um so part of it is so that I I want to sort of produce materials that's unfiltered as it were or as you know unfiltered as possible but I actually started off you know, there's a article production, you can uh, upload articles on LinkedIn. And I just, you know, started off that. And, and then sort of some of the organizations I work with realize, oh, hang on, she, you know, she, she can write and, you know, you know, she doesn't come across as a complete idiot. So they sort of asked me to, you know, get involved in, in sort of the, you know, representing the organization. I did actually write a blog for Cloud Security Alliance, but it all kind of came from like, you need to put something out there, I think, and you don't need to be it doesn't have to be a sort of established channel. I do. I am a big believer in, I think, to basically just put yourself out there. And, you know, I think if it's good, if the audience is receptive, more, more will come. And if not, well, you tried it, right? Yeah. You know, it's, I don't want to sort of promise the audience that, oh, you know, whatever you write is going to be 
you know right. brilliant and you know everyone's gonna love you for it and and you do I do have to say what if you put yourself out there there is a certain risk you know not everybody sort of necessarily agrees with your comment 100 yeah and, and ev- everything you're saying is completely resonating because Erica knows my own personal journey of putting myself out there and be forward-facing within the the social media community with YouTube and I remember the first time I ever started a blog I was so afraid that I was just it was going to be terrible people were just going to chastise me and I think that because the space we're in because there are a lot of smart people and I'm using air quotes it can even be more frightening to put stuff out there because you may not be a hundred percent right but I love what you're saying put the content out there and just realize it's better to try because you're going to learn more about yourself. So try, you might fail, but you're going to learn so much from it. And I mean, the cybersecurity space, Dr. Wendy, it's still in a lot of ways in its beginning journey because of emerging technology. We've got we've got unknown technology. And in the next three to five years, we're going to be in a completely different place than where we're at even today with like quantum computing and even just the shift to cloud infrastructure, for example. So what are some tips you have for professionals that are listening to this? And maybe they're in their first year of cybersecurity right now and into their journey. Would you encourage them to maybe hyper-focus in one particular field and become that SME? Or would you encourage them to maybe expand their aperture a little bit more to learn more about this this field to then at that time refine where they want to study. And then at that point, after a couple of years, then maybe hyper-focus into a subject. So it depends on, you know, depends on what sort of their background is and what their kind of temperament, you know, there are some, you know, I met some very, you know, early professional, you know, early career cyber professionals, and they know exactly what they want to do. And they're good at it. And, you know, they're motivated. And, you know, I'm like, well, good for you, go for it, you know, carry on that route. But if they're sort of just entering the sort of field, and they're, I suppose, if you were, you know, still not too sure about, you know, which area you're kind of want to sort of dab your toes into, I think to try and get as broad of you know, just get a breadth of projects and just see which ones you enjoy. And I think there's something to be said about sort of being in consulting for that sort of type of exposure or any kind of client facing role, because you sort of see different organizations and what, what their situations are. I think eventually, as you know, depends on the sort of the individual's career aspirations. But at some point, whether you sort of dive deep, and then sort of, you know, due to the, you know, your role being as you get more senior, you know, your your role expands naturally anyway. And you start to get exposure to other, you know, different disciplines within cybersecurity or you sort of start from breath and then maintain a relatively breath sort of stance as you I think the end goal is probably going to be quite similar as you get more senior, you need to sort of have some understanding of the different aspects. But I think just keep an open mind, I think, is, is probably the best best advice I can give. Dr. Wendy, thank you so much for sharing all of this knowledge. Um, I think keeping an open mind is such a great tidbit to leave this episode on, especially as people transition through life and their career and knowing that you don't know what you may like or be passionate about until you give it a try. So Dr. Wendy, for listeners here on the show that may want to learn more about you, read some of your articles, blog postings, or maybe even tune in to one of your uh, speaking engagements, where is the best place to find you? 
Probably LinkedIn, partly because it's overhead wise, it's slightly, yeah, I do post things on, on my LinkedIn profile. Awesome. And, so uh, we will post uh, your LinkedIn information in the show notes for our listeners. And Dr. Wendy, thank you so much again for coming on the show. This was such a blast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. hope you enjoyed this episode of Two Cyber Chicks Podcast with Erica and Jax. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.